What's up, everybody? Welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato. Today, I talk with Superintendent Shelley Wilson. Shelley is the superintendent of Camel County Schools here in Kentucky. She started as a teacher years ago and worked her way all the way up to superintendent to where she is now. And she's had many ups and downs and failures and rejections along the way. She's tried applying for multiple superintendent jobs a number of times here at Campbell County and had other ups and downs that she's had to overcome uh, during her career as well. However, she uses those failures, she uses those rejections, not as ways to knock herself down, but as energy to move herself forward. As a very purposeful and a very passionate person in her career and in life and in family, as you will hear, uh, she has a lot of lessons to teach us about how we can start to do the same, move ourselves through lives in a more purposeful, passionate way so that we can achieve the outcomes that we're working to achieve. So enjoy this interview with Shelly Wilson. Tell me, what are you up to these days, Shelly? Who are you? Who am I? Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, I'm a mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have some older children now. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't seen each other, um, t- sat down and talked for a while. But mm-hmm. um, So I am currently the superintendent of Campbell County Schools mm-hmm. in my profession. Mm-hmm. Um, my world is uh, two sons, um, 25 and 22 years old. Mm-hmm. They are both out on the West Coast, um, Anchorage, Alaska, and Seattle right now. <clears throat> so, and I have... Extremely supportive husband, partner, um, and he runs around Campbell County working as well. So he works for Cold Spring Police Department. Yeah, he literally runs around and runs people down. I, I'm sometimes. not sure sometimes. <laughs> Hopefully it's, it's a good world when he's not busy. So. Yeah, very true. Um, I didn't realize Drew had uh, gone to, so is he finished with school officially? Like, is he already finished? Yeah. So Drew is my youngest. He graduated from center um, yeah. just this summer mm-hmm. and in May and graduated with his finance and econ degree. Um, actually had a double major in his environmental science. And so really proud of him. Mm-hmm. Magna cum laude. I mean, he was sure did great, did yeah. very well. Um, and actually, um, I think what was most exciting is he actually enjoyed school. Um, mm-hmm. So that was fun. Me coming from the education world, it used to, you know, growing up or trying to get the kids to appreciate education and appreciate, appreciate learning and you try your very best. But, um, in my role, I, it took a whole village to help, help those boys out (laughs) um, with that. Um, so it's great to see that coming. You know, I have an absolute love of learning and I think that's fun, but I realized that that's not everyone. Um, so it was neat to see, um, to see Drew really excel. Excel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he graduated, and he is he started his master's program a couple of days ago, Master's mm-hmm. of um, Business Administration and Entrepreneurship mm-hmm. yeah, out at University of Washington. Oh, okay. So okay. that's in Seattle. And yeah, very good. Just a year, so hopefully he will be back with us. Oh, is it just a year? <laughs> it is a year program. Okay, so, very cool. Really excited for him. He's been calling and um, letting us know how... At first, he said, I, you know, I'm not sure I'm going to fit in with this. I mean, these people are really smart. <clears throat> so it was great that he called back a few, day, you know, a few days into it. He said, I think I can hang with everyone. I think I'm okay. <laughs> cool. And, yeah. you know, 
that's where I said you, you all, you know, believe in yourself. Um, one of the things that I know we've talked about before, but that I've always said is that, you know, why not you? Um, I've always questioned the boys with that, Matthew as well. Mm-hmm. Um, well, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if somebody else can do it. Why can't you? Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I see that playing out in Drew and, and Matt now, and mm-hmm. that's very fulfilling. So. Yeah, Matt has become, again, to no surprise to my own. By the way, for those of you who don't know, which is most of you out there, I would suspect, Shelly is Matt Wilson's uh, mother. Matt was on the podcast maybe a month ago at this point. Um, you saw him in his Alaska attire, probably his hunting attire, I think is probably what he had on. Uh, nonetheless, I have had the unique good fortune um, I had the unique good fortune to train Matt all the way through high school to mm-hmm. train Drew through part of high, uh, part of middle school and high school. So I can, I, that's why we're able to talk about like each other and know what's going on. Um, no surprise that Matt has done what he has done, um, with the demeanor that he has. Um, it's just not a surprise. When I text you and I asked you to come and talk with me, the text that you said back, and I think that this is going to kind of set the basis for the rest of this conversation, which sets the basis for why Matt and Drew are the way that they are and your family is the way that it is, I think, to a big degree. You said there was more to the text than just this, but basically know your purpose, visualize your purpose, persist, which means fail, and know your best is enough. That was literally the text that you sent back to me. You said, is that what you want me to talk about? I said, yeah, that'd be perfect to talk about. (laughs) Um, So my first question is like, is that system that you put down on that text just like a thing that pops into your head and you're like, is this what you mean? Or is it like, is that a thing that you think about regularly and that like you structured your own drive and career around so that's taken some time to get to um you know in leadership a lot of times um you'll be asked to lead a group and and one of the where you start is very simply putting into words you know what that what that vision is or what that direction is so kind of tried to do that with my life as well and and looking back um you know what is it that makes um, me tick? What is it that I hope to instill in the boys? And then what is it that our leadership team that we work with? Um, so yeah, that's um, in as simple a terms as I can put it because that's very complex. Um, sure. You know, if you break down each one of those um, to visualize, mm-hmm. what what does that mean? And and to me, visualization is not. I don't wake up every morning and meditate and visualize mm. where I want to be that day mm. at all. Um, but I would say I do have a very clear vision um, in my life of who's leading my purpose and where I am. Um, for me, that's spiritually. I do have a strong purpose with uh, work. I know um, I know what an outstanding uh, district looks like. Mm. I know, and, and not when I say what it looks like, I don't mean exactly what it looks like. Mm. I mean what the processes like the look like, mm-hmm. yeah, how to get something great. Mm-hmm. I, I know I've seen great leaders. I've studied great leaders. I've put a lot of 
work into that. I read everything I can get my hands on. Mm. Um, so the visualization part is um, is something I, I feel strongly that if you don't know where you want to be or what you want to do, then I, I would think you would be lost. Um, so I found it very purposeful for me to to know know what that looks like and work towards that. And that gets into you know the second part that I said when you're talking about um, wherever you want to go. I I truly believe it, it takes hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing that I can say that I've done that has been easy. Mm-hmm. That um, has been sometimes it hasn't been the traditional way of doing it. Um, I'm the superintendent of a district that where I've been since 2006. Um, I applied to be a superintendent before and failed at that. There. Um, there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, you know, there's there are trials and failures, and um, but through some of my studying, um, Carol Dweck's uh, growth mindset. Um, that book has been instrumental in my life in raising my children and in the district we've asked our teachers to read it we've asked we've shown parents that book simply talking about it kind of goes back to the why not you um, and that's the fixed and growth mindset <clears throat> so I've always with with working towards your vision um, thought about you know how is it that you grow um, and why do you grow if you're not if you believe that everything is fixed that I'm born to and this is the way I'm going to be then then why would you try to improve? Because that would pretty much be it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't believe that. I do believe that there's a time um, that things come for everyone. And it may not be ever, you know, some things may never come to fruition. Someone may have a a goal, they may have a dream, and it never exactly pans out the way they exactly want it. But in my experiences, every one of those um, situations where I've had to reroute or change my pathway, I look back now and I have seen that that was absolutely the best thing that could have ever happened to me. And I I see that I maybe just wasn't quite ready. I maybe wasn't quite there. Um, And then there are times that I've tried really hard. Um, I'm in a situation now where I'm in with my life where you have to know when when you're, you're working hard enough, you've failed, you've learned, you're here, and I'm at a point where, you know, I'm not looking for what I'm going to do next. Um, You're there. I'm going to try to figure out what retirement looks like someday <laughs> and how to do that well. Um, but yeah, like I'm okay with what I've done, and and I'm I'm pleased with that. I'm content with that, and maybe other things will come my way, and there will be a next, you know, something next. But I am content, and that has taken probably more work in my life than any of those other steps to figure out how to be content. Um, uh, and I, I like everything you just described, I totally see because I, again, I know where you started. I know you started, you know, as a school teacher mm-hmm. in a smaller school in the area and slowly moved to the next thing, principal and this, that, and the other thing. And I'm sure there's a lot of steps that I don't even know about. I'm, I'm positive about that. I know that you've applied and been passed a number of times, not only in the seat where you are now, but probably other superintendent jobs and plenty of other jobs, you know, along the way. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, basically exactly what you're saying, visualizing and knowing your, like, where you're trying to go 
understanding that it's not one specific point. It can't be like, you can't know the fine details of what's happening. All you can know is here's what I visualize myself working toward. And here's what I visualize now that I'm in this role as being able to deliver greatness to the role itself and to everyone around me. Um, so what I find interesting because I know you and Matt, especially, and I don't think Drew leans quite as hard in this direction, but you and Matt are perfectionists. I say that because of what you're saying, a perfectionist generally, generally would have a fixed mindset mm -hmm. generally. So I think I know that you worked really hard on that because, and I say that, I don't say that in a stereotypical way, like, oh, you're a perfectionist. I know that you strive for greatness. And I know that Matt has struggled in a lot of ways and he's like pushing past it and he's working through it and he's starting to understand how maybe his perfectionist ways sometimes have gotten in his own way. Mm -hmm. But like, how did you start to cultivate that kind of like, like, was it picking up the book mindset? Like, did you find things before that? Like, man, I just, I, I want things to be perfect, but I feel like I'm getting in my own way sometimes. Am I, am I way off base? Like, how did that look like to start to cultivate a different feeling about being your best? Cause I believe it. I mean, like I'm kind of the opposite, which sounds bad, but like, I'm not a perfectionist at all. I know that not having that drive for making sure the details are stamped and T's are crossed and all that has left a lot of holes in my own life. I know that. So I need kind of the opposite. So I'm curious as to how you like still, still strive for that greatness because I know you do. I know you want those T's crossed. I know you want mm -hmm. those I's dotted perfectly, but don't let it keep you from making progress and continue to pursue what you're pursuing. Yeah, I don't know if um, there, you know, there certainly wasn't one day that everything um, came together. Mm. I would say age helps a lot of things. Mm. <laughs> um, mm. uh, I think, and that's, it's not age, it's, <clears throat> it's through experiences. Um, you know, one of the things you, you work through, you, you fail, it's not exactly, and again, sometimes my description of failure is nowhere near what someone else would think. I felt like I failed because it wasn't exactly how I wanted it. Mm. Um, there's the perfectionist in me. Mm. And I think there were just enough times that you, you beat yourself up and you're your own critic and you, you just get, I don't want to say you get tired of it, but mm. you start to realize, you know what, this is, this is not what life is all about. Mm. Um, I'm okay. I failed. I'm fine. Others around me are okay. Um, and I can look back, try to figure out what it, what it is that, that I didn't do well enough, what could, I could have changed, and things come back, you know, you get an opportunity again to try something new, um, try it in a different way. So failure is not, you know, certainly not definitive, um, but it has, um, looking back, there are many times that if I, that perfectionist did not allow me to take risks, um, that perfectionism um, held, held me back. I know it's held Matt back. Um, mm. athletic, athletically, he will tell you if he would have done some of the things he did in practice out on the court, he would be in a different place in his life right now. Mm. 
but that's not, you know, where I find comfort in. That wasn't his, that wasn't where he's meant to be. Mm. Um, He's doing great now. Mm. So you have to kind of assess your life and, okay, is that really that big of a deal? Mm. Is that failure that, um, you know, that big that I have to hold my life back or step back so far? Um, So I think um, growth mindset, working on it did help. I mean, there were many times... I think it helped me more with other people and relationships with other people mm. because when you are a perfectionist, you can be very critical. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the hardest things is working with employees that maybe don't have that drive for to be excellent. And, and well, why wouldn't you want to work harder for that? Why wouldn't you want this to be the very best for our children, mm-hmm. for our families, for everything? Um, and <clears throat> you know, to not be, to not judge unfairly mm. and to, you know, to hold high standards but not judge is difficult because not everyone is a perfectionist. And yeah, if I worked with you and you weren't crossing, you know, your T's and dotting your I's, I'd be like, uh, Jerry, and I'd keep coming back to you. Um, I don't know that it changes my level of expectations. Um, and I don't know where I got that perfectionist, that perfectionism from. But um, I do think it can be, it can be, I don't want to say, um, it can be hindered or it can be pulled back mm-hmm. and it can also be <laughs> exasperated too. Mm-hmm. Um, so where, you know, that, it's a fine line. I think a big part of that is taking time to, you know, and what we talked about as, you, as you're developing and growing and working toward that vision, you have to take time for yourself and you have to take time to think those things through, um, you know, why is this driving me crazy? Why am I letting that, why am I thinking about this constantly? Is that really what I need to obsess over right now? Because another piece of that is trying to get to that level of being okay with where you're at and being comfortable in it comes, you know, the ability to um, just sit back and and say i've i've tried hard i know my system i know it's working for me i am content here and i'm i'm doing well um i'm happy i'm um you know continuing to i'm not happy until i'm continually improving that's what i always want to do but i think it becomes a lot easier when you you know who you are you know um what it takes for you to be successful I know that for me, I have to step out and take those risks. If I didn't, I'd never be sitting in the position that I'm in. I would never be, I would never have seen the, the realization of some of the things we were able to accomplish, um, both professionally and personally. And so I have to take risks. Mm-hmm. And it's painful sometimes. It is. <laughs> and most definitely it is. But that goes with the persistence part of what we're talking about as well. Um, yeah, I tend to believe and i've fallen for this a number of times and i'm sure i still fall for it pretty often like i think a lot of people get caught up in progress because they think that if they start to do something then they will grow into the thing as they go and they don't realize that you actually have to start to cultivate that mindset and cultivate that identity before you go after that thing that you're trying to do because it's going to be harder. It's going to be more challenging. It's going to have different kinds of challenges. People assume that once you get to a certain level, like, oh, challenges all go away and all of a sudden things are easy and you don't have any problems. No, you, you have problems. You typically have more of them. It's just different kinds of problems. 
and you need to be a different kind of person in order to confront those problems. And what you're talking about spending time with yourself is basically constantly cultivating that different kind of person. It doesn't mean that who you are today is a bad person, but it's not going to get you to where you're trying to go, I believe, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. And if you have some standard that you're trying to go after and some big vision, even like, doesn't have to be a gigantic vision, but just some like greater vision than where you currently are, you have to understand that you can't be comfortable with continuing to think and do do things the way you currently are and think the way that you currently think. So I feel like that's kind of what you're talking about is growing into that person, spending time with yourself so that you are not keeping yourself in the same place. And while it's important for yourself, I would agree absolutely with everything, everything that you said. It's very, very important for yourself, but there's another piece there. Um, it's also very important for everyone that is in your life and that you surround yourself with. Um, because if you can't, you know, you don't show up for yourself, you don't show up for your family, you're not showing up for your friends, you're not showing up, you can't help others if you don't know who you are. Um, you can't help others if you haven't figured that process out and figured out how you can continue to thrive and you can be successful in your mind, whatever that, you know, wherever that success is, whatever success to you means, you can't truly be happy. And if you can't do that, then you can't serve others. Um, so you really have to feel like it's not just something, it's not a, a feel good, oh, work on yourself, be better for yourself. It's absolutely necessary if you're going to be successful in helping others. Now, maybe there are people out there that that is not important to them, but I think for the most part, a lot, you know, that is a very important aspect that when you are your best person, you're able to be your best person for the people, you know, in my organization, the people that I lead, there are almost a thousand employees that I, I have to show up for. I have mm -hmm. to be my best. Um, not every day. There are days I, I fail at being mm. my best. I, I don't have a good day. Um, but for the most part, I have to keep myself um, in check. And when I, say, when I say that, it's I have to. I'm most comfortable thriving, um, working towards that vision, learning, growing, failing, working through that process. I'm most comfortable knowing that I'm at least getting what I hope, becoming a better person or learning something every day. Mm -hmm. And when I'm there, then I can show up for others. And a big part of it, of course, let's not forget what you do, Jerry, just the, mm -hmm. the, the mental and the physical mm -hmm. health as well. Mm -hmm. You know, that's an important part. I talk in our organization um, about taking care of yourself because I see it all the time. Um, people that are not taking care of themselves taking time to take care of themselves. Uh, they're, they're struggling. Mm -hmm. um, they're miserable. Mm -hmm. um, they may not be miserable to be around. They may fake it pretty well, but you mm -hmm. can tell they're sick mm -hmm. often um, and just very unhealthy. And what I want for them, for them personally, is to be able to take some time for themselves and get themselves in it, you know, get them in a healthy mindset and a healthy um, body and then they can show up for everyone around them. Mm. And I've seen that happen over and over and over again. Mm. Um, I work in a 
superintendent role is there's turnover every, I mean, it's increasing every year. The average tenure, I think we're looking at three to four years right wow. now. Um, and so that tells you there the stress levels are just out of this world. Um, and so if someone can't, you know, at least at our level, if you can't figure out how to manage that stress and, and an important part of managing that stress is being able to visualize, being able to put it into perspective, being able to try, learn, do your best, work through all that process, be comfortable in that process because mm -hmm. that's a continual, you know, it's like you're being stretched and prodded and probed and constantly changing all the time. Be comfortable in that. Know that that's getting you somewhere and, you know, know when, hey, I've done my best, I've done it from, you know, good intentions. I've given it everything I have and I'm okay with that. Mm. So whatever, you know, whatever the social media world says, mm. it's okay. Mm -hmm. That helps level your stress mm. a lot. But mm. so, you know, what you said, showing up definitely for yourself, going through all of this for myself, but um, I think most importantly for, you know, those around me so that I can show up for them as well. That's really good. That's good. I think there's a lot there to unpack. So here's where, here's the pushback that I would hear from if you said that to somebody. Not, not the general pushback. Sure. So when I talk with people about fitness, mm -hmm. which is what we do, it is based a lot around exactly what you're saying. If like, yes, showing up to lose weight is good. That's fine. That's great. You want to look better naked. You want to do this, that, and other thing. Fine. Great. That's good. That's only going to get you so far. It's going to get you about here. What we're trying to do is to make it here long-term is what we want. And until you start to realize that you're doing this, not only for yourself, not only for you, which is fun. Like, yeah, that has to be part of it, I believe. But until you reach that level of self-transcendence where you're doing it for other people, then it's just not going to be this sustainable, life-changing thing for you. It's just not going to happen. It's, it's, you'll do it for some period of time. For some people, it's a little longer. For some people, it's a little shorter. On average, it's six to eight weeks. So, like, unless you learn that this is for everybody else, it's going to be challenging. And that's exactly what you're saying with this as well. Unless you learn that the changes that you're making, the improvements that you're making, is not only for you, I think for a lot of people it has to, maybe has to is not the right word. I think maybe a place to start is for you. Like, sure. Like be comfortable with yourself. You yeah. have to be confident in your own skin. That's very important. But until you make that next level, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the very top is self-transcendence. Mm -hmm. That's the very top. So until you get to that part where you're pushing past, I'm doing this for me and this is only for me, it's going to be very challenging. So what I would hear is, well, if I'm doing all of this stuff, then I'm taking away from all of the effort that I'm going to put into my family. If I'm doing, if I'm working out more or if I'm too busy cooking food or if I'm too busy reading books or if I'm too busy doing that, then I'm not going to be doing things with my family. I think the translation there is time with somebody equals uh, building a relationship which I don't think is right at all. So what do you say to somebody who's like, well, if I'm spending time doing all of that stuff and improving myself, then that's selfish. I mean, that's, that's, that's selfish. I should be helping everybody else. 
So I would say it probably may start out that way for some people, but if it's truly working for them, um, their partners or the people that are around them daily are going to see that this makes them a better person and they will, I mean, I would hope they would encourage that and want that because if you're, if you're truly doing it for the right reasons, I mean, I've worked out my whole life. I've been, um, you may not have seen it in the gym, but an athlete, I would say my whole life. Um, and if I don't exercise and eat right, I am miserable. Um, and I say that I'm, I'm just not myself. I don't have as much energy. I'm not as happy. I, my moods are not as good. My husband will laugh and say to everyone that I work with, just make sure she always has time to work out because otherwise she's straight up miserable. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he sees the benefit of that. And then it's not a struggle. Um, when he sees that I'm happy when I can get my hour and a half to myself or my hour or my 20 minutes to myself to exercise or I can make sure that I'm, you know, eating the right foods. Um, he, he sees me um, as a, almost a different person. And quite frankly, I don't think he wants the other me. <laughs> um, and, but that's, that should be for, for everyone once they start to see the benefits. Now, if the benefits of working out are simply physical, if it's simply, you know, working out, eating well is just because I want to look, look good. Um, I would challenge someone to think a little bit deeper because that it's a lot easier to just look good, I think, than it is to actually feel good. Mm. And that's, um, you know, that's huge. And that's what exercise and, and eating, um, healthy, has always provided for me. And that's why I, I mean, it, it's just part of who I am now. It is not, um, now I have had some, there are some easy things. I have some allergies, food, you know, very particular with foods. So that helps me out a lot. You are you know, particular. If you don't like, you know, <laughs> if you don't like certain things, you won't eat them, then you don't have to worry about that. Mm -hmm. But, um, I would say, you know, if, if you really are thinking about why is it that I want to you know, make these changes or start a workout routine or start eating healthy. Why is that? Um, it's part of that. Who do you want to be? What do you, you know, do you want to have more energy? Do you want to be the person that when challenges come, you can take on that stress, you can take on that challenge because your body is prepared. You feel good. You're in that place. Nothing is easier when you don't feel well. I mean, I'm convinced nothing is easier that way. That's why um, we have in our office, I wrote into someone's growth plan that what they needed to do was make sure they were making time for themselves to take care of their health and well-being. And um, never really written that in someone's growth plan, but I felt it was important because they were excelling in everything they were doing, but they weren't going to last that long doing it. Um, so that was important. Like you need to figure out. And people say that work-life balance. I don't know that it's necessarily that because that, I think sometimes people jump to that's the time you spend with someone. Mm -hmm. um, but with when the time you spend with someone, if you have no energy to show up and your mind is in a different place, and there have been many a times that I have done that, mm -hmm. um, you know, and looking back, I won't say I was terrible with the children, but I always had to work at 
Um, you know, my mind could be in 50 million different places with a stressful job. And if I wasn't showing up for them, they know it. <clears throat> Your family knows it. Um, so that would be the thing I would say is go back and really think about, you know, on those goal sheets when you start out. It's not, I want to lose 10 pounds. It, I would hope that the first things would be, I want more energy. I want to feel good every day. I want to wake up not feeling like I got hit by a truck the night before. <clears throat> so those are, you know, that's part of it. That's not the way it's always been. Um, I used to work out for trying to swim faster. I used to work out trying to run faster. That was my whole goal. Um, looking back, I am so glad that, you know, my boys had, um, that I, I did start early with the boys, um, helping them realize that when they take care of their body and their mind, they feel better. They can do more. They, you know, can excel. Mm -hmm. And I, I will say, well, I know all the research says, um, you know, read it everywhere, working with children, teaching them early, showing them. And the way to teach is to show them, not to talk, not to, you know, just to model it. And so that modeling, I would say, I'm very proud that both of my boys do. Um, they have some unhealthy habits. I'm not going to sit here and tell you they don't. We all do. Um, but I will tell you that they do know the benefits of, they know when they're off. They're like, yeah, I got to start eating better. This is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, they know that. And they've known that from an early age. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and again, I think like I'll, like everything you're saying is all like, so you talked in the beginning about standards and perfection. We talked about that. And I think that a lot of people let their, even though not everyone is a perfectionist per se, but I, a lot of people let perfection get in the way of having higher standards because and, and then that gets in the way of them making progress. Dang, you trying to break Whoops. stuff around here? Strong. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, that gets in the way of them then pursuing their best and finding something greater than what, where they currently are. So going back to exercise, like they think that, well, I have to exercise four days a week, an hour at a time. And if I don't do that perfect, perfectly, if I don't do that, then it's not worth doing anything at all. And so that keeps them from making any kind of progress. That keeps them from even raising any kind of standard. I think, I believe that having higher standards is the thing that needs to happen. You, you need to have higher standards, but you can't be perfect. You can't be concerned about reaching this perfect plan, this perfect diet, this perfect thing, because that's not there. It's not there. All you can do is figure out what you can start to do today to start to move yourself forward. I think that that takes having a purpose. You have to have a purpose that you're going after. Um, and that I think has been talked about a lot recently, but I think it's a hard thing for people to grasp. Like what is, what is a purpose? How do I start to figure that out? What does that look like? If I'm 50 years old, how does that, cause what a lot, a lot, I, a lot of people in their fifties, I've had a lot of conversations with people in their 50s, and they're like, hey, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing with my life. I'm still 30 years from that, but <laughs> I understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah right? Yeah. So what, like, what does that look like? Like, that, that's where this whole process starts. Know your purpose. And how do you begin to even realize? Because maybe a lot of people think, well, 
is my purpose like my career? Is that the th- is that the purpose, or is there something underneath of that? Like, what do you mean by that? So, what do you what what has helped you think about purpose when it comes to knowing what that is? Do you do you did you find that in the beginning, or was did you just get started with something and you're like you grew into it? Like, what did that look like? Um. So, you know, my faith is a guiding purpose, um, and I, um, I mean, live by that faith, feel, feel very comfortable in that. Um, but one thing um, you said, so, I, and I think that's where it helps me realize what my purpose is here. Um, but one of the things you mentioned as you as you work towards your purpose, whatever that is, whatever vision you know you want, whatever you think you're here on earth for, um, as you're working toward that, I would I would say the hardest thing is to maybe redefine that, um, redefine what perfect is. So you know when I'm when I was training for a marathon, um, my I won't say incorrectly doing it, but the part that put a lot of stress on me was I had to finish that day in my mind, whatever it was. If I did not run six miles a day, I had failed in my mind. I was upset with myself. I was frustrated. That wasn't a good run. It wasn't a, when I didn't look back and realize, well, most people don't run out, go out and run six miles a day. Like that was fine. Um, and I didn't have that grace within myself to say, that that was okay. What where I what I should have done is redefined what perfect would have been. And a perfect day would be, I go out and do enough to where I'm pleased with my performance. I've done a little bit, and maybe that's a little uh, today. I need to do more than what I did yesterday. Where yesterday was, you know, six miles. Today I need to do six point one, and that's what I've accomplished. That's perfect for today. That's not perfect in the whole scheme of I've got you know I need to train for twenty six point two miles, but for today that's perfect. Um, you know, what does that week look like? If, if you, if you have make unhealthy choices seven days a week, a perfect week next week would be you make healthy choices uh, or, you know, you make unhealthy choices only six days a week or you probably reframe it. Like I made a healthy choice one day a week and that is a perfect week. And then the next week kind of goes back to, you know, where you talk about your 1%, mm. I think, but what is a perfect week? The second, the next week it's, two days a week that I made healthy choices and that's a perfect week. Um, because yeah, I, so uh, probably around my forties is when I realized that what I did was I was not happy. You know, I went to school, I started out, I started with teaching. I went to school 11 years straight. Mm. Um, and I wasn't going to just go to school and be good at what I do. I wanted to, I was going to get my doctorate. That was as high as you could go at the time. Uh, maybe I could get another doctorate or something, but that was, I wanted to do that. I used to run and I didn't want to just run long distance. Then it was, I'm going to run a marathon. So did four of those. Um, fortunately or unfortunately, I broke my foot and I can't do those anymore. So um, that was a huge, that was something I had to battle and go back through that process of, okay, who do you want to be? You still want to have high expectations, but you cannot, you're not going to have high expectations of running a marathon and running it under, you know, 350. You're not going to do it. Um, So what does that look like? How do you keep striving to be who you think you need to be? And 
what makes you happy and what fulfills you and still be reaching for something. So you have to redefine. That's part of, you know, some people would call and say that's not really failure, but in my mind that was failure. Now I need to go back and reframe and rework what what it looks like to, you know, to be progressing or what perfect looks like for me. Um, and that that is very hard um, to be, and, and that's kind of part of being content with, okay, I'm content now with I am not ever going to run another marathon. Mm-hmm. I could probably if I really wanted to absolutely destroy my foot. And, mm-hmm. you know, I could. I know in my mind I could. So I believe in myself enough that if I absolutely wanted to, I could do that. If anyone absolutely wants to do something, I think in time, for the most part, a lot of things are you could accomplish. It's You have to think, well, is that who I want to be? Is that, you know, the time I want to put into it? Is that what I want to do to my body? Weigh all those things out. That's part of that process. And then make a decision. And once that decision is made, I, you know, I've kind of learned that you'd be happy with it, be good with so, um, yeah, one of the biggest challenges for me was to, at one point in my life, was to go out and run and just be happy with whatever I did that day. Be content with that. And because, now that's me with very high expectations. With six miles, you know, I kind of had to rein myself back to figure out how to be happy, how to fail in that process and still be okay and still realize I'm moving forward. And what that has done for me, it is, ha- has allowed me to to get to higher levels because it's easier to sustain because you know just like you start out working out say I'm going to work out for six weeks six days a week and I'm going to do this and I'm going to lose 20 pounds in that time period sure you can do it um but the cost to that and the reality of this of sustainment you know with that is it's not you're not going to be able to sustain right so body's going to break down yeah mentally you'll probably break down like (laughs) Most likely, yeah. yeah. That's not not really a well. Mm. Some people might think that's a fun place to be, but mm. it's not. Um, so yeah, figuring that balance out, like, and realizing through that process that this is a process, and that's where the vision really helps. I'm in a process. I know exactly where I want to be, and I'm in that process, and I'm content in that process. I'm enjoying that process. I wake up every day. I'm giving. You know, what is it that you're giving to who you want to be that day? What, what is that? It may be a small part. It may be something big that day. But thinking, you know, again, that just goes through that whole process of learning, failing, growing, taking those risks, but keep moving forward towards whatever your purpose is. So I keep hearing you say, be content, which I, I understand what you're saying. Sure. Because your standards are so high, because you tend to have a perfectionist drive and mindset, contentment with with the work that you put in is very important because it allows you to not overstress yourself, overwork yourself, overdrive yourself into a downward spiral. And yet, I believe that contentment for a lot of people keeps them where they are. So, yeah, when I say content, I am content. I feel like I've, I've taken care of all of my goals. If I have, you know, an hour and a half every day for myself to ride my bike, row, run, strength train, all of that. Um, 
I am content if I've gone into work and I've worked a full nine, maybe 10 hours that day, worked hard, um, had conversations, been present, brought energy to a meeting, brought new ideas, all of that. So that is probably a high level of, um, you know, ex expectations I have for myself. When I say be content, I mean more be content that I've given it everything I know how to give um, and that I can. And if that's what I've done for the day, then I'm good. Then it's good um, for the day. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, there's plenty of days I'm not content with mm -hmm. what I've done. I realize I walked into the office and I wasn't um, bringing forth my mm -hmm. my best energy best or mm -hmm. yeah my most positive attitude. I didn't listen as well to that person and their ideas. I didn't. Um, those are days I go back and. I'm not okay with that. Um, but I don't just sit there and go, oh, I'm not okay, whatever, or blame everyone else or look outside. I have to look at myself and say, why is that? Mm -hmm. Well, you know exactly why that was because you didn't do X, Y, and Z that helps you bring your best forward and, you know, you can fix that. So when I say be content, it's maybe not beat yourself up over those failures, you know, be be content with moving the process forward. As long as I'm moving forward in that towards my vision and my purpose with everything I know how to do, then I'm content. So, yeah, that's probably a little bit different than some mindsets. True. <laughs> I think that, so that's good clarification. It's not necessarily contentment with your current state of life. It's contentment with the effort that you put in with it. I think where a lot of people are is contentment with their state of life. Everything's just good enough. Everything's just fine enough that they are content and therefore they don't push themselves to do anything differently because they're comfortable, they're content. You're talking about being content with the effort that you've put in. Yeah, and I've, I've done a lot of work with creating and establishing habits and how to start being, you know, getting uncomfortable and and which I know you work with a lot. If someone says, well, how do you get out of that? Can, you know, mm. being content with just, ah, I'm here, I'm fine with not doing that. Complacency maybe is a better way to put it. Right. And there, mm. there's a lot of, you know, there are a lot of things out there you can do. And they mm. say, you know, start, force yourself. There was a time I wanted to be working out in the morning. And I knew that I used to like working out in the morning, but I hadn't worked out in the morning for a long time. So what does the research say? You start working out in the morning and do it for so many days until you start. And it works. <laughs> Get up, do it for so many sure days. Enough. And eventually you're like, oh, I love this. This is sure great. Enough. I'm doing, mm -hmm. yeah. So um, there, but you have to work at it. Mm -hmm. You have to be intentional. You have to mm -hmm. say, I'm, you know, complacent or I'm, I've been working, been doing this, been whatever it is for 10 years and nothing is changing. Then you have to go back and say, you know, take a hard look. Why is nothing changing? What, why am I not getting towards that vision? Any, I mean, moving closer to your vision or your purpose, no one can get there without work. I mean, you have to be intentional. And that's everything I know with my purpose. I, I mean, I know that I improve spiritually. I have to intentionally work at that. Every morning, I, I work at that. Um, it's very clear to me that I'm not going to, I'm not going to get any closer to where I want to be if I don't intentionally work at that. So that would be the first question I would ask someone, you know, struggling with that is where, you know, where in your day are you making time for that? Um, and it's not easy. I don't sit here and say it's easy. And I'm not sitting here and saying 
I have it all figured out because I have plenty of work to do. I fail, fail at something every day, but I'm successful at something every day. Um, and I, you know, when you say that complacency, I say that to say there was a time in my life, and I know Matthew pointed that out in his um, conversation as well, that I, I don't know that I took enough time to celebrate when I did have those accomplishments. And I think that's, that's underrated because um, I think you have to recognize your, your steps in that process, recognize like, wow, I did that. Um, we made that happen together. This is moving forward. And that's a big deal. Because there was a time when I wasn't ha- was like, yeah, well, that should have happened a couple weeks ago. Well, that should have been a couple weeks ago. And I didn't appreciate the process. So last thing. Yes, 100%. You'll like putting it like putting in the effort is what's going to get you to where you're going. Carl Jung said that unless you make the unconscious conscious, it will dictate your life and you will call it fate. How do you become aware that what you're doing or not doing is keeping you where you are? Because I think that maybe a lot of people understand what you're saying to a degree, but they're just not paying attention enough to realize that their beliefs, their thoughts, their mindset, their actions, like those kinds of things are keeping them exactly where they are. So leave it to Jerry to get really deep. Um, Well, let's see. So how do you become aware? Um, So I think I have an answer for that one. Mm. Uh, I don't know if it's right. Mm. Um, There's no right or wrong. There's only the answer. (laughs) I would say one of the most important things that I – that I rely on for that to become aware of when I'm complacent or, or where I'm at is what is very important is surrounding yourself with people that will give you that critical feedback, that will give you that input, that will be honest with you, that will call you out on things. Um, I think that's huge. I live in a world professionally, I mean, I get opinions all the time on social media that I don't ask for. Um, do I live my life by those? No. Um, do I pay attention to them? Sure. Um, I work with people. One of the important things is, you know, we we look at situations and we analyze them from what what is the other perspective of this? What's the other side of this? What, you know, um, what are we missing here? What's the root, root cause? It's a constant process by which you're asking others for, hey, what do you see? Hey, as I'm working through this process, as as I'm trying to get to that place, do you see me making progress? You know, what what do you see in my attitude and how I'm so as you mentioned earlier, I'm I'm spending an extra hour at the gym per week or per day. Um, do you as my partner see any changes in me? Not me physically, but do you see, you know, in my attitude and my energy? We have, um, you know, in, I know in our workplace, I am surrounded by people that give me input. Uh, My door is open all the time. They are very comfortable. I call them monsters. I say we've created monsters. Um, (laughs) And I say that because I have helped to work with and develop employees that 
they will come to me and they will tell me exactly what they think. Um, and I pride myself. They're not afraid to tell me exactly what they think. Now, some days it goes over better than others and I work on, on listening, but that is huge as you, you know, as everyone's trying to improve, you have to be open to, you have to surround yourself with people that will give you that good input and you have to, to listen and ask for and seek that, that input out. Um, I'm continually encouraging our employees and myself to ask questions about, okay, we're working toward this, towards this, where are we? Get benchmarks, um, you know, in your world, benchmarks can be pretty easy if you're looking just physically at a benchmark of how much fat did you lose, how much water, you know, so on and so forth. But um, what are those other benchmarks? Like out of, out of the week, how many days did you wake up feeling energized and excited about your day? Like, oh, I've got this to do. I've got how many days did you do that? How many, um, you know, Sunday evenings did you look forward to? The, the week that was ahead, um, how many, you know, those are other measures of success that I, I would think as you look at your purpose, what's going to get me there, really make sure those benchmarks are very clear in your mind and ask others about them. Like, okay, we're trying to improve, and I can take it back to school anytime, improve early literacy. Okay, how many, how many students do we have enrolled in preschool right now? Um, how many do we... You know, this last year was 80 more students that we had. Is that a measure of success? Absolutely. But the next question was, so let's talk about it. How, how do we get 120 next year? Mm. You know, how do we do that? And what did you see as, what, what do you see as the areas that we can improve? Where do you think we can? And you have to, have to surround yourself with the right people. So for here, I know it's your wolf pack that you do, um, surrounding yourself with, you know, with, mm with people that can hold you accountable, that can, that know what you're trying to accomplish. And I, again, I don't try to tell the whole world what my purpose is or anything. I don't think you have to share that um, overtly, but I do think, you know, it, what, what you want to be held accountable, be intentional and say, all right, here's what I'm trying to do. Next week, I want to be able to wake up, be grateful five, you know, five of the seven mornings, I want to be able to wake up and start my day, you know, with gratitude and, have a positive mindset and I'm going to track that. And I want you to ask me how I'm doing with that. So that's really criticism good. is good. Monsters are good to have in your life. Monsters to, are good. Yeah. That's good. Monsters that are not afraid to tell you and call you out when, mm -hmm. Hey, you're off. Um, mm -hmm. that's okay. And that means you can't be afraid to listen. Yeah. That's another, <laughs> it's, another conversation for a whole other day. Listening's hard. Yeah. It's tough. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shelly, thanks. Appreciate you so much. Appreciate you taking the time. Not so bad. Well, not so bad. Not so bad. No. I, talking about yourself is nah, uncomfortable. Just talk to this microphone. It's easy. Well, thank you for the opportunity, and <laughs> and I appreciate all. I don't tell you, but all that you've done for for our boys and our family. Um, Jerry was one of the first people that started out with. So what are your goals? I'm like, who is this to asking me what my goals are? Um, but that was, again, part of bringing in some people that could, could critically call you out on some things and ask questions that maybe you didn't want someone to ask you. But that's good. That's an important role for people's lives. Most definitely. So thank you. I appreciate you, sister. Thanks. Very good. People, out of here.